Hi, my name is Reggie Williams, and I'm one of the executive directors of Black Film Space. Black Film Space is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the careers of black filmmakers. We host workshops, panels, and other community building events that are designed to support black content creators. We also have a membership program that offers discounts to filmmaking resources, free events, a filmmaking database, grants, a mentorship program, and much more. This episode was executive produced by Reggie Williams and Sino Gibson. And now, on to our interview. Hi, Mariah. How are you? Thank you for, ha- for joining us today. Hi, I am doing well. Thanks for having me. Thanks for reaching out. I, I read in one of your interviews that um, Yara Ride Productions, your Ride Productions began at the age of six when you were talking to your special friends, Shana, <laughs> Rana, and Malika. Please tell me more about them. That's funny. Um, because when you said the age of six, I was, I was literally like gearing up to say, huh, where did, where did you get that from? Age of six, but I do in fact have that. Um, that is one of the things I, I used to say in one of my earlier interviews. Um, Shauna, Rana, and Malik, and, and it's so funny you said that because I just posted about them to my Instagram stories last night um, and how every story I ever write will always be, you know, sourced from them. But they, they were my imaginary friends. And a fun fact is that sometimes Shauna, Rana um, would be one person. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Shauna and Rana would be two people. Malika was always just Malika. Um, so it ranged from two to three imaginary friends. And uh, I guess, you know, when I used to say that, uh, yeah, that Yara Productions began then, it's because that's when I really began to create. Uh, that's my earliest memory, I should say, of mm-hmm. creating my own world um, and, and just escaping from you know, whatever kind of reality there was, I just had my imaginary friends. I had my homies. <laughs> look at you. They held you down since then. And look at you now. They did. They did. <laughs> I like that. I love that. Uh, and also on um, hashtag love my roomie, I really mm-hmm. love the graphics of your logo, like the clumsy fall and the giggles. Like, okay, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also liked uh, the text popping up in the mirror in the bathroom gym, gym scene with Yasmin while she was mm-hmm. taking that after the hectic night. I was like, okay, I see you, I see mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. What was the best part about shooting this web series? Thanks for listening Ooh, to the Black The best Space part about podcast. it if is something that I only know and that I only can experience in hindsight. Or and that is seeing visit us at the way the evolution com. of it. I actually had released a, a YouTube Instagram, teaser Twitter, last Facebook, summer. It was last August. Um, and it was called The Evolution of LMR. And it was just, the, I put it on social right, media. It was just out. to show that, because it took five years to make this series. And so into Hi, what it is, is for episode one to eight. One of the executive mm-hmm. And so in hindsight, the best part of it was the grace that I had from evolving and growing cast and crew to be like, hey, we're coming back and we're going to film more. Hey, we're coming back and we're going to film more. Hey, sorry, we're going to drop this entire scene. You know, we're going to readapt this. All of that, I would say the grace that I had and the opportunity I had, um, because a lot of people's careers have changed since then for the better. And it was a special window of time in which we were all um, ambitious enough and available enough to be able to make that dream happen. And and so in hindsight, that's certainly my 
my favorite thing about the process is that it, I was able to enjoy and have that process. I don't think anything I create now, mm. and I can tell you a little bit about my, about my short film, but anything I create now, I'm not sure that I would even have that much patience to continue my project over one project over the course of five years. I'm not sure that um, I'm not sure that I still have that type of childlike innocence about my creative process. I totally understand what you just said right mm -hmm. now. I totally understand. Um, for those who don't know, hashtag love my roomie was originally a tagline uh, your conceived from a short film uh, she wrote entitled Expulsion and uh, mm -hmm. hashtag love my roomie has more of the backstory of the main characters on Expulsion and this makes sense actually why you chose the website route um, mm -hmm. uh, I also heard that in one of your interviews that you you mentioned that you crowdfunded for this project and mm -hmm. in one of your videos and how did that process look like for you what were your um, overall do's and what are your overall do's and don'ts when it comes to this? I mean, my crowdfunding campaign was extremely unsuccessful. <laughs> oh, okay. Let us um, know. It was extremely unsuccessful. How to have an unsuccessful campaign? No, um, I've learned a lot since then, but it, it was. But I'm, I'll take it back just a little bit. So um, I had the opportunity in, in my master's program to both act and be a playwright and, and on, be on the playwriting, screenwriting track. Um, mm -hmm. double mastering. And I say that because I had the same workload as the full-time playwright screenwriter that we had. And then with me and uh, she, well, it ended up being me and one other person. So it was three of us total. Two of us were, um, our, our main track was masters in acting. So that's what I have. Mm -hmm. But however, I studied screenwriting and playwriting the whole time. So when I graduated in 2016 is when I um, didn't have an actor's reel and I was encouraged to create an actor's reel. And so um, by Artisha Man Cooper. And so I did, and based off of what I wrote and that was Expulsion. Expulsion was a play that I adapted to a screenplay. We didn't wrap filming back in August, 2016. And I knew that we would need to reshoot it. I, I ran it by a couple of people. This, this guy, Brendan, I really like him, Dope DP. We haven't worked with each other yet, but maybe one day. Um, but definitely one day. Um, <laughs> I, I plan to hit him up one day with a project I think is perfect for us. But anyways, um, so, you know, we, we looked at it and, and long story short, it didn't look like a film. It didn't look like a short film. It was my, it wasn't my first time being a content creator or producer, but it was my first time being a filmmaker. And so it didn't look like a film. So I knew we needed to reshoot it. And I knew that in order, I had met with him at, uh, I see the place, it, it's by Herald Square. Um, Herald Square, yeah. But anyways, we I, we met, no, 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 um, ah, by 34th Street. Anyways, it's going to bother me. That is Harold. Never mind. Anyways, uh, Bryant Park. There it is. It was by, it was by Bryant Park. Um, and it was in like November. And, and we met and he, you know, basically broke down some of the numbers of what it would take to reshoot Expulsion into a short film. And um, I didn't have the money. So I, I went back to the team that I had at the time and I said, let's crowdfund. And there was a line in Expulsion that said, I love my roomie. And that is how Love My Roomie was born. Um, it's really, it's really that. Um, and so then I, I wanted to make little, little clips that, um, uh, I wanted to make little tidbits that really highlighted um, the backstory of Love My Roomie. And that's when I made the original web series that came out in 2017. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then, um, 
and well, actually, I'm sorry, that came out in 2000, into 2016. Um, we shot it in December, end of November, December. So this is like three months after shooting Expulsion. And then I had my ear to the web series Streets, and I realized that this was a, I actually was a part of a different web series back in 2014, but I had dropped off of that because I was focused on grad school. And I realized that web series were really a thing. And that's when the episodic version of Love My Roomie that's on Amazon Prime began to take form. So there's the version of it that's on uh, on YouTube, which I call the digital sketches. That was the original crowdfunding version of Love My Roomie. And then there's what's on Amazon Prime, which is what took me an additional, you know, four, four and a half years to to make. I've got you. I got you now. Two mm-hmm. questions popped out of that answer. Uh, mm-hmm. First, I would like to know, um, does this also mean that marketing for your web series uh, had to actually start before you could even shoot? Is that how it worked for you? For which one? For the digital sketches okay. or the Amazon Prime? Uh, for the digital sketches. That's one you did first before the Amazon Prime, right? Yeah, yeah. The... um. Yeah, I did marketing before it. I did. Um, and I released it. And, and I kept pushing back the crowdfunding campaign. And I ambitiously thought we would be able to shoot in January of 2017. Um, and then the campaign eventually got pushed back to March, April of 2017. Uh, and, and um, and then in the beginning of 2017, I, that's when I released the digital sketches. I ended up releasing it prior to the crowdfunding campaign because <laughs> awesome. I, I began to study crowdfunding campaigns and I think it just didn't make sense. So I was going to seed and spark route. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what happened there. I got you. And, uh, you mentioned, uh, Amazon, uh, what's the process like when you distribute your, your uh, web series on Amazon direct and vault? Cause I saw you also have it on vault. I don't know if you still have it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what are the benefits, uh, from these platforms versus other platforms like YouTube and all that? Like, what were you assessing? Mm-hmm. Well, I, in 2018, love my roomie. Um, and if, I'm going to break it down for those who have watched it and you have, so you'll know. Um, episode one and most of episode three, which is when Kyle comes into the fort in, into the forefront. Most of those two episodes mm-hmm. were what comprised the 2018 film festival circuit version of Love My Roomie. Because originally, when I was shooting it in 2017. I wanted to shoot a 30 to 45 minute pilot to be shot, to be picked up. I was never intending to to finish a whole series. And so when I put it in the festival circuit in 2018, we had about like a 30, 45 minute cut. Um, of course it cuts, it went down like 20 minutes for festivals. And that was the one that was being submitted to festivals and winning awards. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the series, and then in 2018, after I won Best Director at New York International Film Festival in the really? web series category, yeah, in the web series category, still a very surreal moment that I still don't think I fully have absorbed. But um, I um, shortly after that, I literally shortly after, like three weeks after, I went back and started writing and shooting more and fleshing it out. And so then when I got to 2019 in January, and then in in July, I had had I had added like twelve more characters, and there was something 
ridiculous that I added more to the series. I had a big photo shoot at the top of January, 2019. I, um, and, 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 uh, we, it, I, 2019 is when I started as, as a senior video producer at I1 Digital and I became really busy um, and it I could not find the right editor for the project. So essentially we reached 2020, which is a year that changed the world. And we reached 2020 and I had just found my editor and I did not want to go into 2021 without just releasing the series. It had I had had it in, on my drive long enough, et cetera, et cetera. And I knew of other uh, digital content that had been released successfully on Amazon Prime Video. And so that's what I, I was weighing and I was kind of reaching out to other uh, distributors and, and Amazon self-distributing was the right thing for me to do. Um, it was very challenging because you do have to, you know, you have to make sure you have the captions for all of these things. So um, nice. even if someone wants to release their, their content to YouTube, if you ever have a bigger vision for your content, um or even like youtube red it would ever just remember that you should probably get captions now uh because you will be asked for that you will also be asked for legal clearing there's a lot of other things that go into this that made distribution um i learned a lot and it was also very challenging because you know this time last year you would catch me up you know 14 15 hours and most of it would be looking at love my roomie edits and captioning episodes by myself like i put it through a captioning service and then and then double checking their captions and giving them feedback and then downloading it and uploading it and making sure I had the, the correct uh, dimensions for each of the, the thumbnails and, and designing the thumbnails. I mean, that's really what I did wow. the, from, yeah, from uh, September, October through, um, shoot, through March, literally April of, of this year is what is how much of my time was spent. Wow. Kudos yeah. to you for that. Like, I Thank you. really celebrate yourself because that is a lot of work. That is a lot of strength and even mentally and a lot of focus. And I'm going to go mm -hmm. back to the Amazon direct route real quick. But how do you then um, self-care in between all of this? Because there is that part of us that needs nurturing very mm -hmm. consistently. And you have mm -hmm. a lot of projects that you're juggling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for asking that. So I had the Love Thyself Summit, which was born out of Love My Roomie, because I wanted to, I wanted to have a larger conversation. And, you know, full disclosure, Love My Roomie, I was not able to get the press hits like I wanted to. The series at this point has probably has over 1 million minute streams. Mm -hmm. um, and yet, it was very hard that that didn't really the, the streaming picked up um, like April, May. Um, and the series came out on Prime in December. I couldn't get those hits like I wanted at all, even from you know some of the most intimate Black community publications. I could not get people to cover the series, and so I and I wanted to have a conversation. And the way I am, it's like okay, if I feel like I need to have a conversation, I can't get anyone else to let me use their platform. I'll just have to create the opportunity. And so I, the Love Thyself Summit was born out of that. And that was a two-day virtual summit in March um, in partnership with Rare, um, with, uh, Rare Maven Media. And uh, we, it was all about self-care because the series uh, touches on alcoholism. It touches on just general self-abandonment. That's about where it just came to me. 
a general self-abandonment mm-hmm. um and sometimes we we've been self-abandoning since we were you know since we were told as a child stop crying and we learned that we learned even if it was wrong but or you know not healthy we still learned how to to diminish ourselves right and so the love thyself summit was how i i opened the door and conversation to um mental health and and wellness um for black and brown people in terms of myself in 2019 september 2019 is when i started going to therapy mm-hmm. um and i my my two-year anniversary would have been at the end of september which it was uh, excuse me. And, um, that was my, that was for me. And, and last year it became about deeper than therapy. I began to, um, really like consume different spiritual teachers and content and just motivational speakers, like things that like lifted and encouraged my spirit and excited me, mm-hmm. um, and invigorated me. Those are the things that I focused on. And, and, that's how I was able to check in with myself. And to this day, if I feel, if I feel way too overwhelmed, um, I'll go lay down and do a guided meditation, or sometimes I'll just take a nap. Um, those are, those are different things I have in place for myself to just keep me healthy and not extremely overwhelmed. And in hindsight, I, I am a different person than I was a year and definitely two years ago because of these practices. I totally agree with you over there. It's like, my daily practice, everything that you just mentioned now, I I believe in all of those and it plays a great role in your creative process and just mm-hmm. creating from a calm space rather than just yes. and all that. Yes. Yeah, it can be nicer. Um, and now I'm going to draw it back to your Amazon uh, Prime, Amazon Direct um, response. I wanted to know when it comes to licensing with Amazon Direct, were there any hiccups with partnership agreements and what is the percentage that you get out of the sales? Like, how did you work that? Well, how did you work around that? Cause, and also how long did it take you? Because you had to re- literally take yourself through a course to learn about all of this. How long did it take for you to finally um, uh, distribute with Amazon? Oh, I just did it. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it was, I, you know, I, I learned on the go. That's kind of, you know, my thing, I guess. I, mm-hmm. I, um, tried to upload and sometimes things would fail and I, they, and I would get the flags and I would email their serve their customer service desk and blah, 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 blah. It was literally just going and going in just the process. One of the, the biggest challenges though, um, perhaps they changed it to date, but it was last time I checked. You mm-hmm. cannot pre-schedule your video. It's not like YouTube where you can publish it on a certain date. There is a publishing period. And I learned, I began to learn through trial and error how long it takes from uploading the content to it being approved and being published. I began to learn what days of the week you can get yourself published quicker. I mean, I learned all of this stuff. And so mm-hmm. before I used to try to, I, I, public, I uh, publicized it that the show came out, I think every Wednesday night or something like that. And I started to realize that that wasn't going to be helpful to me to stick to Wednesday. Maybe I needed to publish it a little bit earlier or submit it a little bit earlier so that it could come out on Tuesday versus, you know, if it came out Thursday, I'd have the cast like episodes not out yet. And, and I hated that feeling of, of like it not looking as professional as possible. So, mm-hmm. um, 
And I would have, I mean, I had, there were, there was one instance where I had a really bad anxiety. I had a kind of an anxiety attack. It was, I think for episode seven, um, because yeah, it was episode seven because I couldn't, it, it, it was episode seven. It was episode six or seven. It was one of the latter uh, half of the season. And it just kept being delayed and on Amazon's end. And I had to um, temporarily upload it to Vimeo and let people screen it there. Nobody really wanted to watch it there. Everybody wanted to watch it on Prime. They got like two views. So everyone waited until it was on Prime and then it was on there. And I just had, in, when I look back, I'm like, Moria, oh my gosh, you were doing like, you freaking were kicking butt. You know what I mean? But yeah. in but in the moment, I felt like such a failure over one episode that I couldn't control that it took longer than expected. And I think it took longer in post. There was just a, a chain reaction of things and everyone was doing their best. But I was freaking panicking on feeling like I failed everyone um, when I gave more than I even could most of the time, you know, so. Well, it's the standard yeah. you set for yourself. And sometimes... Yeah. Things don't work out the way we plan, no matter how much we correct there. So yeah. being kind to ourselves in between is really key in order to be more yeah. productive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so um, for hashtag love my roomie, I wanted to know: Did you budget for your web series while you were writing your script, or did you really just produce the heck out of it in terms of location and the number of cast members? Because I really love how it's shot. I love the quality and everything. Thank you. And the gym scenes. I'm like, okay, business. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to know. Yes. Like, you thank you. Writing or was it something like, okay, this is what we mm -hmm. got. It was an expensive series. And, and it kind of is um, mm -hmm. the film, right? Like, you you know, if you watch it straight through, it's really kind of a, a low budget feature film because it all takes place in 36 hours. It's, Okay. If you watch it back to back, it just picks up from the next thing. It's, it's mini series status. It's the way that we watch TV now and streaming. It's not um, the episodic we're used to, where it's like in a new day. You know what I mean? It's not. It definitely doesn't. You know, it's definitely heavily in the drama. But it's like, okay, this episode ended, and the next episode starts right there. Um. Um. In terms of, I, I did write for. It's a little bit of both. It depends, right? Because again, I was writing this show from 2017 to, now here's the kicker, get ready for this, to 2021. Okay, what changes took place between then and now? Right, so in 2017, obviously that's the original, you know, the, or the, the you know, version that you see, the, everything on Amazon. Uh, well, not everything, sorry. Um, episode one and three, are the only ones from 2017. Part of episode three is 2018. Anything with Kyle in his home is 2018. Um, episode, this is not gonna make, I mean, just, I'm just talking at this point. People are gonna be like, what? Episode two, four, five. Episode two through seven are 2019. Episode eight, season finale, is 2000. That footage, that episode is comprised of Footage shot in 2017, 2019, and 2021. Wow. <laughs> so you asked me, did I write, did I write for location? Sometimes I did. Sometimes I did. Sometimes I wrote as a producer. Most of the times I wrote as a producer, right? Knowing that I need to make this happen. I always did that. Um, but I also wrote the story 
and knew that I could find the, the more experience I got, as I wrote, mm -hmm. the more I knew I could get the location. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I started to write with the idea of manifesting these locations hey. in one way or another. Yeah. So I, it, I never went too far out of like, I never said, you know, they're in an airplane. Like it was never anything that I, that I didn't think I could produce. But I did start from everything happens in a house to all of a sudden we're in a gym. We're, you know, the original locations were a house and the party. Um, and the masquerade party used to be a totally different, that was shot in 2017. And that was a totally different concept. It was kind of like, it was, it was a totally different concept when that was shot, yeah. Mm. Which, ex mm -hmm. which episode would you say cost you the most? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, because the episodes, because again, it runs like a movie, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a range. Mm -hmm. And the episodes that cost the most were episode, oh, so Kyle's apartment, I lived there. That was my apartment, by the way. So that was a really free episode. That was really free to shoot. <laughs> I got creative with the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I shot that tells I got really creative. Um, so the the most expensive episodes were episodes four through through seven. Eight wasn't eight wasn't that expensive. Um, because eight was in the apartment and then it was shot in the DP's car. Like it was it wasn't that expensive. But episodes four through seven were were the most expensive and as a cluster. Okay. Now I want to know. Um, I wanted to know, I want to know what would you say is a realistic budget for creating a web series? Now, if you were to shoot everything once off this year, looking back and everything, mm -hmm. what would you say is a real, like for great quality production and something that you like, uh, hashtag love my room, you were proud to put out mm -hmm. there? Mm -hmm. Um, I would offer to creatives. To, it depends, right? I love my roomie runs like 20 minutes per episode, 15, like 18 to 20 minutes, something like that. Um, yeah. I would offer to keep your budget if you can, mm -hmm. um, depending on how many episodes you have, under $40,000. Um, contingent that you are prepared to pay locations, that you are prepared to feed your people correctly, and that you are paying your DP is some, there's a lot of people who would listen to that and be like, Psh, I could do it for 15. And they probably can. I, mm -hmm. I didn't call in a ton of favors. I, I paid people. Um, and could I pay them less? I mean, sure, maybe they would have done it, but I wanted to make them feel comfortable. I didn't want to, you know what I mean? And that's mm -hmm. just where I'm at. And um, a lot of people have given me People have told me like you do too much, you know. Why like you do too much? Get people to see the vision and just do it. And and maybe I do do too much, but you no know, one time will tell. Only time will tell how doing too much works for me. I think it's working pretty great so I far. Think it is too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but I think more than more than that is I would say, in hindsight, um, get people. Make sure you get the you you contact the people you want your dream team. You get them to confirm their rates. And then you make, make your budget or you make your budget and then you give them the rate, whatever works for you, right? Some people like sometimes if you have a dream DP, you might want to make sure that that you know their rate and then you build your budget kind of out from that. But you need to have your budget. Like if 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 your dream team puts your web series to $100,000 and you don't got that um, or you don't think you can fundraise that, 
then then you need to you need to reevaluate what you're doing, you know. Um, and and so that's my feedback there is to to know your budget, set your budget, and then have conversations. If you think if you might have thought like, oh, I can get a DP for one hundred fifty dollars a day, and you talk to your green DP and they're like, I won't do a I won't lift a finger for anything less than three hundred a day then you might need to adjust that if you want to keep that dream DP. And also um, study the industry, ask around, and make sure you're clear about people's rates because $150 a day is extremely low for a DP. Um, it's, you know, it's extremely low for the labor. And, and with a great DP, the way they plan, you, you got to do, do better by them. You know what I mean? So, so I, I, would, I, would, I would offer that, yeah. I got you, I got you, I got you. Mm -hmm. What is your opinion on using an aggregator in order to distribute your web series? Is it a thing I thought you explored? What what what's your findings in that? Sorry, I do. I, I'm so hands on everything. Um, da, 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 da. I have explored. I explored that very lightly. I think in 2018, like film festival circuit season, um, and I. I don't have an opinion on it because I only touched on it. I, I only try to reach out to people. And again, like Love My Roomie is not the project that I can say a lot of people up front supported. It took a lot of me believing and pushing in it for people to drink the juice. You know what I mean? And to and to really like get on board. Um, and so I don't even I, I talked to one person um and it was going to be really expensive for me. That was in 2000. That was in 2017. And he was going to be extremely expensive for me. Um, and I just, I couldn't make sense of paying him that. Like now I think I would, it made more, a little more sense to me, but I couldn't make sense of paying him that much for something that I still don't think I knew exactly what Love My Rumi was because I didn't finish filming it truly until 2019. And so I don't think I was ready to pay an aggregator to help me distribute the film. Um, and I honestly couldn't speak to it, but you know, maybe maybe in my, my next project, I, I could. Um, I just think the biggest thing is that you need to make sure that you that you hold true to your, you sign contracts and just don't be willy-nilly friends with everybody, Kiki, and, and uh, just not making sure things are on paper or things are written. You need to really protect your, protect your net, so to speak, and protect yourself. Um, and make sure that you are taking care of your um, your intellectual and property and your creative voice. So in anything that you do, if you're hiring someone to assist you, you need to make sure that you know what their terms are. Because the last thing you want is for someone to be like, oh, I'll do it for free. And then all of a sudden upon distribution, they're expecting 50% on the back end or something, you know, 40%, something that you're not prepared to, to yeah. give. That wouldn't be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, when it came to casting, did you already have the uh, actors in mind and the actresses in mind, or did you do a whole casting? Uh, what? How did you navigate around that? Um, so the casting for Umaraya was, I, I wrote that for Ashley Verscher. Um, and then, and that was in 2017, the, the, the digital sketches version, because you'll see like her and Catherine are the same characters that carry on to the episodic. Um, and then 
the for Tappan's character, it was really her original name was Yolanda, and that character does come from expulsion. Um, Umariah does not come from expulsion. Um, but but Yasmin's character was adapted for Catherine George when I had reached out to Catherine and asked her if she knew anybody interested in auditioning, and she said me. And that's literally how that happened. Um, and so those, and so, and a couple other people, their characters were written for them. I knew them already. Um, and then in 2017, I started to have auditions and, um, and really, and sometimes people wouldn't audition or they would audition for one role and I'd be like, no, you're better for this. Or I, or there was nothing written for them. And I'd be like, oh, I really like this person though. And I want to work with them. And I would write a small role, sometimes a bigger role for them. So yeah, but 2000, um, the heaviest audition year for Love My Rumi was 2019. Uh, spring 2019, when we are, were auditioning for what we shot in summer 2019. Gotcha. And remember, I said I continued to add people. Like it, the, are you familiar with the the poster when we're all in denim, the whole cast? Uh, uh, is it on your website? I think it's on your website. Yes, it's the landing. When you go to the website, you see all those people. That that was January two thousand. It was January twelfth, two thousand nineteen. That was all of the original. Um, that, well, that was an original card. At that point, I had added about 10 new people to the cast, and a lot of people had not met one another. To this day, a lot of these people probably haven't met one another. Um, and so there was an original cast of just mainly women in Daytona, and that was like five or six of us, maybe eight, and Malcolm. Mm -hmm. And then and then I casted all, wrote all these new roles and casted all these new people and had that big photo shoot and, and press um, day for it. So... <laughs> Yeah. That's a beautiful picture. I love the Thank you. And even the um, brick wall background, perfect. With that being said, um, were there any pre-approved cameras or technical requirements like exp export settings when it came to uh, distributing via Amazon Direct or is it whatever settings you have? No, it's not whatever settings you have. Um... 1080 was definitely well no i i did i have to look but um we shot in 1080 some of the newer stuff episode eight newer stuff was shot in 4k um but we there weren't requirements i mean it couldn't be 720 it had to be it had to be at least 1080 you had to have your captions you had to know your frame rate um, your frame rate has to be consistent with your captions. That's why you have to caption it professionally or whatever in advance because it, the, the frame rate matters and also the export of the captioning. Um, and, and so there were specs that, and also Amazon, they watch it apparently, and I think they actually do. So if they don't think something looks up to par with their brand, they do basically say they can decline it. Oh, wow. So it needs to look, yeah, like, I don't know how you vet that, but it does need to have a certain air of quality to it. Yeah. Um, okay. And quality, I know, is subjective, but yeah. I got you. Um, what can we look forward to in season two? <laughs> what people can expect is actually um, the bonus episode, which is actually a very quiet, experimental short film um um called recovering pieces and that recovered pieces 
Um, and that is really Giselle's story. There's a couple of other people that are tied into that. Um, and it's really Giselle coming to terms with herself. That, by the way, I should add, was written in 2021 and filmed in February in Brooklyn. I remotely directed and filmed in uh, April in, in California, um, which is where I've been mainly in the, over the past year back home in California. Um, and so it was filled with, with my sister and I DPing for the first time together um, mm-hmm. ever. My sister doesn't even do, she doesn't even do film. And um, my uh, friend and colleague Jamil remotely schooling and setting up my camera package to make sure everything worked and that I had to rent equipment. And we filmed that. The bulk of that episode was filmed by my sister and I, I, just two of us found video, like everything. Perfect. Yeah. That is perfect. Yeah, so that's what to expect. But there's no season two. There is a prequel that was in production in 2020. And obviously we held that. And I haven't picked that back up. I hope to pick that back up in um, in the summer of next year. I feel like I could shoot it very easily with mm-hmm. all that I know now. Um, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a short film. And so that'll come. But there isn't. There isn't a, a second season, but you know, if someone, hey, if someone really loves the series and you want to hit me up to, to to talk about a second season, I can do that. I can make that happen. Hey, I'm willing. I, uh, I can I, make I, that I, happen. You know, ain't nothing but a word. <laughs> One phone call away. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I want to know yeah. um, what words of advice would you give to any person, anybody right now who's writing their web series or contemplating mm-hmm. or even at the idea part of it it hasn't been on mm-hmm. paper what advice would you give them for them to get to this side of things stop being so afraid i made that sound really simple but you can be afraid i'm afraid <laughs> often um your courage just needs to outweigh your fear even if it's by 0.5 percent Build your courage is a muscle, and you need to exercise that courage to build it up. If you're sitting on an idea and you can write or you want to be the writer, then whatever is stopping you between writing it and the idea is what you need to focus on. So if that's oh well, I don't know the right, I don't know you know how to write a screenplay. Well, Shonda Rhimes and I mean that her course has been off in 2017, 2016. Plenty of master classes on writing. Plenty of courses like. If that's what's stopping you, well, heck, you know what I mean? Then let, let's discuss how you can um, and how you can fortify yourself with the skill sets and even the starter skill sets you need. But even so, having knowing how to format a screenplay, that shouldn't stop you from writing out, you know, um, beat by beat or bullet point by bullet point, if that makes sense, of what happens in your story. You should at least get that out on paper or a word doc, whatever, um, that shouldn't stop you from at least looking to that. And then and then, um, if you're like, listen, I just have a story, I don't wanna write it, or I want I want to produce or whatever, if, if you don't feel like you wanna be so hands-on in, in the process, then you gotta reach out to the people that you that you admire and see if they, if it, what hit, what sticks. 
And if they say on their profile on Instagram, no DMs, then email them. You know what I mean? Like just pay attention to how they move and, and, um, be and, and admit your approach and, and perhaps even admit any ignorance. Like, Hey, I've never done this before. I apologize if this is not the best way to contact you, but I, you know, I do da, 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 whatever your ask is. Um, cause sometimes that helps people lend grace. I know that we can get, I've gotten inquiries in my email and I'm like, what is this? But if, when someone says, Hey, I kind of don't know the best way to approach you and I just mm-hmm. like what you do and I want to work with you. It reminds me of to give them grace. Um, because you don't know until you know. Um, but I would say whatever is between you and the execution, you need to observe what that is. Now with finances, okay. So what do you need to do to get the money? And, and that's the first thing. Well, I need to apply for grants or I need to do that. Okay. So you know that now, do you know how to write for grants? Do you know? No, I don't. Are you looking for courses? Do you know people who have successfully crowdfunded or, or got grants? Can you reach out to them? Like it's really just uh, taking a, a microscopic look at what's stopping you, what's standing between you and the realized vision or the executed vision. Because before, before you can realize your dream, you have to execute, you know? Um, but those are, those are, that's, those are my bit, bit of advice. Like, um, fear and anxiety are, they're beasts, especially anxiety. Mm-hmm. Cause anxiety is like fear, but paralysis, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, it's a beast. And so I don't want to diminish it, but I do want to say that if it's in you, if you have an idea, if you have a vision, then it wants you. Like your muse is calling, like it's calling to you if it's in your, and I don't care if you saw someone else execute it. You're like, damn, <clears throat> it's a big show on, on stars now or whatever. Okay. So study as any athlete would, as, as any master would study others craft, study what they do, and then be clear on how you'll do it differently. Not how you'll do it better. Not how you'll, mm-hmm. none of that. Just how you'll do it differently. Forget better. Because unless you're getting a star's budget, you might not be able to do it to make it look better, but perhaps you can write it better. Like, how will you do it? How will you do it? Don't focus on better. Just how will you do your best of whatever story that might already kind of exist? You're, you're you. So if it feels like it's the exact same story as you, then what I would offer is to do a little bit more uh, deep diving into yourself to figure out what truth do you know about the world? What view do you have about the world that you're holding back? Because even if Hollywood says, this is just like this, you got to confidently know, no, it isn't. Because in this story, the, you know, the hero is a, is a man, is a cisgender male. In this story, um, my, my hero is a trans, transgender male. You know what I mean? So while they might both seem the same just at the at the plot alone their life experiences their lived experiences are different you got to be confident in what makes your unique voice your voice unique who are you mm-hmm. and that and, and so sometimes what's stopping you between uh the idea and the execution of the idea is the exploration of who you are mm-hmm. and and so if that gap is that you don't really know 
who you are, what makes you special and unique, then that might be all you need to explore. Perhaps you're a masterful, you're a, a, a freaking amazing writer, but you just don't trust your voice. So then that means you need to explore that gap where, okay, how do I begin trusting my voice? What do I need to read? What do I need to meditate? Do I need to work? Whatever that is. How do I create a life? This goes back to the self-care conversation. Mm-hmm. How do I create a life that is reflective of what I want to, what I feel I want to accomplish? Because again, if you want it, it wants you. Hey. The difference is maybe you don't feel you're worthy or deserve it. But if you want it, it wants you. That is a load of wisdom right there. And I know I'm going to be one of the people. I know I'm going to be one of the people that look back on this day and say, this negative advice or this negative wisdom actually mm-hmm. made me think and pushed me towards this route. And thank mm-hmm. you so much for that. And thank you so much for your time. I really had an thank amazing you. time listening to, you, listening to you and listening to how your mind works. And you know, not just enjoying it. does my mind. Really beautiful. Thank you. Um, What would be the best way to contact you on social media and your website information? Awesome. Um, On social media, you can contact me directly at Ms. Right on Time. That's in like Mary S. And then my last name is Right, W-R-I-G-H-T, literally the words on time. Um, you can find me there on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Twitter is mainly my thoughts and stuff, um, which if you're interested in knowing what's in my head, sure. But <laughs> otherwise, you can find me on Instagram. Um, two, I do have a, I did launch my consultation business back in June, July. And so you can reach out to me if you want to work with me. Um, I do do complimentary intro calls. Um, you can you can find me at ya, yamoria.com. It's for my consultation. Um, my website is yarightproductions.com. Uh, my production website, I should say, is yawrightproductions.com. My personal website is yamoria.com. Um, and then if you just want to email me because you're like, I want to get to know you and learn more about you and work with you. And I don't know, you have a lot of websites and stuff. <laughs> you can just simply email me at info, I-N-F-O, at yawrightproductions.com. Um, and that's Y-H-A-W-R-I-G-H-T, productions, plural, dot com. So, that's how you can find me um, and work with me or, you know, chat if you want. Um, I'm a, I am I love collaborating and I, I am actively open to directing new projects that are not my own, as well as producing projects that are not my own. So that's an open door. Perfect. Well, thank you so much once again for your time. And we look forward to actually catching up with you in the future with hopefully some great new production you work on oh yeah you know i uh i'm excited i will keep i will keep in contact about some things happening (laughs) perfect no problem thank you so much and enjoy your evening thanks for listening to the black film space podcast if you're interested in attending our events becoming a member or donating to our mission please visit us at blackfilmspace.com. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Black Film Space. Subscribe to our email list and podcast. All right, peace out. See you soon.